1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Heart and Hand is proudly sponsored by HyperX. HyperX is the gaming division of Kingston Technology Company, Incorporated, the world's largest independent memory manufacturer with the goal of providing gamers, PC builders, PC console, and mobile power users with high-performance components. HyperX's mission has been to develop gaming products for all types of gamers, high-speed memory, solid-state drives, headsets, keyboards, Nice charging accessories for console players USB flash drives and mouse pads To keep the gaming community and beyond Visit uk.hyperx.com during May 2021 And use the code RANGERS For 20% off top class full uh, full price gaming peripherals Offer is subject to availability No minimum spend required During May 2021 the code can only be used once Can't be used in conjunction with any other HyperX offer And is not transferable offer is subject to change or withdrawal without notice free standard delivery to uk addresses for orders of 79 pounds or more if you return any headsets or headsets purchased with the code you will receive a refund of the discounted price you paid for the returned headsets Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week. Um, I'm your host as always uh, on Extra, Cami Bell. Um, I've got the best cast I think I could possibly ever have for Extra and what is going to be uh, a pretty momentous weekend, I, I think, in the history of Rangers. First of all, it is my brother-in-arms and very, very good friend, Mr. Ian Hog- Hoggy. Uh, where's your excitement levels at the moment? You've got, uh, you know, the, the young kids and stuff as well, they'll... Have not seen this within their living memory, and stuff. They must be kind of building up to kind of fever point at the moment.
2: Oh man! I uh, first of all, hello, hello. Uh, we are the champions, and all that. Uh, Carrie, it's 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 strange, um, as you know. Four kids. One doesn't bother about football because she's a weirdo. Um, the the eldest is twenty, uh, and, and I remember the last time we won the title, lifted the title, two thousand and eleven. David, who is still yet to be introduced, uh, met you and Scott Vandenacker outside Rugby Park when she was 10. Mm-hmm. Um, prior And then just a few months later, my oldest son was born. So both my sons, football daft. Uh, Cami, you will see them both on Saturday. Socially distancing, of course. But my God, they, are, they, they got a wee gift set from... Um, Rangers earlier today And they've been wondering about the house With their 55 glasses And their Rangers flags on
0: Ah, uh, good on them, good on them Have you put the tattoos on them yet?
2: Not yet, that will be probably later on tonight So they're fresh for tomorrow
0: Yeah, kudos to whoever um, Arranged to get the party packs put together At Rangers because they are absolutely fantastic And well worth the money And as you heard his dulcet tones very briefly there as well uh, They don't come bigger than this the big dog himself, Mr. David Edgar. David, thank you for for joining me on Extra.
1: I was impressed by the fact that you said that Hoggy has kids and stuff, and I was wondering, <laughs> What well, that might that that might uh,
0: yeah, claimed, yes, claimed, and, claimed, and unclaimed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's very <laughs> true. Um, no, it's it, it feels special, even on this Thursday night. As uh, this goes out, we are all extremely excited. I, I know. Um, I, I can literally tell how many hours there are until kick-off on and Saturday. And it's um, it's an unusual feeling. It's a strange feeling. I'm trying to savour it and not wish the time away. But equally, you know, I just I, I want it to be Saturday. And I want to see Tav with the trophy and the manager with the trophy and Alfie with the trophy and, um, you know, all of them with the trophy. It's It's, it's been a long, long time. As he says, it's been... I don't think that we quite... Even though we've won the league... God, what 2004, I think, when we won 55. Given how long it's been since, uh, since it was confirmed, but every time that we've done something along this journey, uh, and especially this this last part of it, I think that we've we've gone, you know, after Saint Mirren, right? We can take a bit of time to reflect, and then after, uh, you know, after we we beat Celtic the other week, we'll take a bit of time to reflect. I don't think the last ten years can't really be sat down and analysed and chopped up. We, there are bits of it, but I think that it will come out more through time now that we're a wee bit calmer. But until we actually do see that trophy sitting in the Ibrox Trophy Room, then I, I think it's still all too overwhelming. There's just too many emotions kicking around. I would like, uh, Cam, if you don't mind, I, I'll take slight issue.
2: They don't, and I say this as a, as a short arse. David, um, it doesn't come much bigger than this, David Edgar. I think Lorenzo Amoruso begs to differ.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's not something I, I could argue with. Wouldn't, wouldn't Wouldn't ever dream of arguing with uh, a legendary Rangers captain. <laughs> um, we we
0: will come on to Saturday in just a minute because we we do have a game to review, but we um, uh, to preview, I should say, but we do have a game to review because. Uh, on Wednesday night, Rangers took a trip to Almond Vale and or the Tony Macaroni Arena, or whatever it's called this week. I always forget the names of it. Um, uh, Where we faced a, a Livingston side, and Hoggy, I'm, I'm kind of keen to talk to you about this because we're both local to West Lothian. Livingston have had, I think it's fair to say, a, a, a kind of decent season. I think we've got, we've all got a lot of time for, for Martin Dale, and he was very complimentary. Um, in his post-match after the game last night and a nice touch, I think, by Livingston doing what I think is probably the most socially distanced uh, guard of honour that you'll ever see in your entire life. Um, Levy have kind of been a a thorn on our side um, last season in particular. Uh, And I don't think anyone at this point in time is thinking too much around, you know, we just want to get to Saturday afternoon around about half past two, we can see that trophy left and this kind of game kind of stood in the way of it. But it was a potential banana skin because of that awful pitch in Livingston. Plus, you know, the, the, they could have their own motivation for being able to try and produce a result. We have had some um, some injury problems. Um, I wasn't worried about it because the only thing that we're focusing on now is the unbeaten run and trying to get over the, the 100 points mark. How were you feeling about when you saw the team last night, Joe Arribo obviously had to fill in the berth at left-back. Um, we're, we're pleased to, to announce that, obviously, Borna is not uh, going to have a, a serious problem in terms of uh, risking missing the Euros, which I think everyone was worried about um, when when he went off. But Rebo we know he could play within there. He's had a tremendous season. The manager trusted him within that. John McLaughlin coming in for Al McGregor, I thought, uh, was interesting. Uh, but I still think that we put out a very, very strong team. It was clear that we were taking it seriously and as the game started and as you saw the, the various different kind of patterns of play unfolding, it, it was clear that we were looking to go out and just put in a, a really professional performance. Coming away with a 3-0 win speaks for itself, but I think the manner of which we, we, we started out the game last night showed that you know we're not on the beach yet.
2: Would, would three key changes to to what would be a, a normal side, Cammie, McLaughlin, Simpson, Simpson was by necessity and Aribo at left back again through necessity. Um, Everyone else, even Hadji in midfield, is okay. It's it's, it's a normal thing for us this season. Um, I think I'd sum it up Cami, by saying, I saw that team and never once did I doubt we were going to win. Uh, And that's very different for us, as you know, you know, usually it's a whole banana skin, etc. And I could argue with myself in terms of how much is that because we've won the league versus not. Um, But I never doubted for a second yesterday that we were going to come away with a win. And the way that we started, we were so at it so early. I did wonder if we were going to be on our holidays. But then you could argue the same about Livingston. The way we started, however, we were up, we were at them, really in the face. Um, and it spoke volumes around how we we're hunting after the ball. We had so, so much possession, long, long periods of possession. And then when we lost it, we we're hunting in packs of twos, threes and fours. And that's just a team that wants to go and win and lay down a marker. And it's, it's quite obvious that they've got 38 games unbeaten first and foremost in their head. And last night was just that. Let's get that second last over the line. Ultimately it turned out to be a really, really I thought terrific performance.
0: David, I think I've got an image in my head of the manager getting on at the players. We we we're not going to focus again on the the, 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 the disappointments they've had within the kind of Cup competitions. But we know that the manager has set them now the many targets. He set them, you know, the unbeaten run. He wants to go over 100 points. We've never got to that that position um, in terms of doing 100 points plus. We want to be able to try and get there. I think he's went out to them and he's just said, you know, the season's not over. Uh, it, it's important to be able to go out and continue to develop within this. I thought it was a really strong performance last night. I think when you look at, and I, I want to focus a bit on him in a second, but before we go into James Tavernier and his contribution into the game, the way how we, we we really just kind of grasped that game and made it so refreshingly routine. And I don't know how many times I've said that this season, but we are not letting standards slip. And I think that what this shows is this team it has been refreshingly routine and relentless, if I had to continue my alliteration. But the thing that you've got to focus on this, this now is how we can just continue to just reach those new standards and those those. I think those goals, those aims that we wanted to get to, that has been been unbeaten, and I think last night was was uh, was going to be the most uh, the, the the biggest risk that we were going to have to that.
1: I've seen much more intensity in a Livingston Rangers game at Almondvale, so I mean there, there was that. It was an end of season game, and I think that if you even were to go back and watch the the 0 nil. That we had there earlier in the season, there was far more intensity to that match. The cup match last season, the Rangers one one 0 was was far more intense. That's inevitable when you've got teams who don't have an awful lot to play for, really. And you know, I'm sure Livingston were, were talking about oh, we want to finish fifth, and um, you know, Rangers clearly they want the, the unbeaten record. But I think that because of that, because both teams were a little more relaxed than perhaps normal, what that meant was the better side, who were very confident as well, knew that if they just kept going and played their football, chances are that we would be better than Livingston. And that's what happened. And I think you did see that. I think that the first half an hour or so, you know, was Rangers confidently stroking the ball about. It can be a bit frustrating for us as fans, but because they're not really making a lot of chances. But I think that we do have to bear in mind that, that part of modern football is most teams can defend. Most teams have got decent shape. Livvy, particularly, they've got good shape and they work really hard. You've got to wear them down. That's what the possession is for. It, it's not aimless. It does. It, you're constantly probing. You're constantly working to find space so that you make sure that when they make one mistake, you can take advantage. And that's what happened. And that's what led to the penalty. And I think you just saw that this is a, a Rangers side who weren't playing... OK, it wasn't the most frenetic game in the world, but, you know, early on the season at Livingston, there was an air of panic because this was a side who hadn't won anything, who the questions were all still there uh, from the seasons previously. Whereas this last night was not, that That these are the champions, this is a side who know how good they are, as they demonstrated in the second half with two absolutely wonderful team goals. So... Uh, don't get me wrong, you know, at 2-0, Livingston had a spell when they certainly should have scored one. Um wee bit unlucky with a shot from outside the pose, uh, outside the box. Not unlucky at all with the second one. It was a terrible, terrible miss. Um that's not bad luck, that's bad finishing. but even at that, I felt had they got one, Rangers would have reacted in the right way and stepped it up and and gone and probably got the third regardless. I think that is just an assurance. I think that's just a belief that's something that has been lacking in previous years. That this season has grown and kept growing and kept growing. And as you mentioned there, we need to find it in the cups. We know that that there's clearly something there because Rangers don't put in the kind of performances uh, that that we've done repeatedly in cup. I mean, our two worst performances of this season have come in cup competition. So you know, clearly there's something there. But in terms of the league campaign, in terms of what they produce domestically, uh, or sorry, in the, the bread and butter domestically of the league campaign, this is a team who know how good they are. And they know that if they work hard and make sure that their opponents can't outwork us, because that's really all opponents, with the exception of the B1 team, have, if they don't outwork us, they are not going to out quality us. And I thought that, in the end, Rangers were, were excellent. And, and a point about the teams was made, actually, by the, the Livingston TV commentator last night, where he said, he, he laughed and he said, the thing is, people saying it's a weekend Rangers side, he said, I look at the subs bench, and all six of them would walk into the Livingston team. And that's, that's true and something that we do need to be in mind. Rangers now have have got a squad that is is packed with quality in a way that it has not been for a number of years.
0: So let's, let's talk a little bit around that quality and, and probably for most people um, the leading candidate for player of the season and we have a number of them and that's James Tavanier. Now we're going to come on to Tav uh, when talking about uh, Saturday but there's, there's clearly something and I'll, I'll stay with you David on this if I can where I think we've all been a little bit gutted that during the actual title win, the confirmation as it were, Tav obviously had injury issues, and as a result of that, you know Nathan Patterson was given his opportunity to be able to come in. Um, I don't think you'll ever meet a Rangers fan who will say that you know there's there's very few captains uh, of Rangers who have been more deserved of lifting the uh, the Scottish Premier Trophy than James Tavenier Last night, for me, David probably echoed what he brings to the team. And what I mean by that is the the guts to be able to take a penalty when we know that he's missed his last—I think he's missed his last three in the bounce—but an excellent penalty. But his overall performance, I thought, last night was just phenomenal. You mentioned the—you know—two great team goals. The first one, um, almost a carbon copy of Jermaine Defoe scoring against Livingston, yeah, yeah, against the against Livingston, ironically, but just a a fantastic ball over the top, which deliciously laid off a Ryan Kent. But this is talking about a guy who, and you can see that the history, I understand all of the history in coming up to the course of this season, but his contribution to the team this year has been absolutely magnificent. Last night, again, he, can, he, he showed it, and you can just tell that he loves to be back out playing, he loves to be able to try and get back in, uh, you know, into the swing of things. Um, I, I thought he was imperious last night. I thought by and large, there was certain elements of that where he was absolutely unplayable. He's not treating that as an end of season game. He's treating that as this is ninety minutes. I want to get in there. I want to be the captain of an unbeaten team. I want to be the guy who gets this, you know, over the three figure mark. And I, I, I just you can't give a guy enough plaudits for me. I, I would be stunned if he doesn't win Player of the Season.
1: I think we does get strong candidates for Player of the Season, so uh, I do think that that's you know something that you know, flip a coin uh, or flip a die rather um, because I think any of the five players who are in for the two awards would be a deserving winner um, yeah, he, he was terrific last night he's a guy who looks as though he enjoys his work and I think that that's probably the key to, to James Tavernier, I think when he's at his best, he, he plays football with a smile on his face and he's got that terrific energy to get up and down the wing he's got that terrific delivery he never stops, uh, he, he just does not stop and he's a fine footballer. And I think, you know, 19 goals, 15 goal assists for the season, you know, 34 goal contributions, important, vital goal contributions from your right back is remarkable. Even in the modern game, it's remarkable. And yeah, again, that confidence. Uh, well, I know no, I've missed a couple, but I'll put this one away. And he did and perfectly as well. And I think that it's it's almost frightening to think you know, nineteen and fifteen. What would he have done if he, he hadn't missed those two months? You know, what we would we, we would be looking at a twenty-five goal right back. But he's he's been just such a great player for Rangers this season. Some of his displays in the first half of the season were just out of this world. I mean just absolutely remarkable. Um it, you know a left back putting in a cross and it's a right back steaming in at the back post to to head it away. That that's something we saw more than once. I think that As you say, because of the circumstances of his career at Rangers, highs and lows, um, but to be honest, more lows than highs. Um, But he's always kept chipping away. And there is something in any sports story about something romantic about someone who does that, someone who doesn't give up. And I think to me that that's emblematic of Rangers in the last decade, somebody who persevered, uh, when at times it must have been tempting to say, I, I could go to England and, and earn more money and, and have a, a quieter life. And he didn't. And it, I think that there's something really honourable about that. And you mentioned the word deserve. Uh, of course, we might feel that people deserve things in football, but football doesn't work like that. Football doesn't agree with us on that. I mean, there's guys I'd love to have seen hold up a league trophy for Rangers that never did. But James Tavernier does deserve it. He deserves it in that football sense as well because he worked so hard and he didn't give up and he kept going. And he he, his Ranger's career has been like the way he plays and that it's just constantly moving forward and accepting that sometimes, you know, life like the defender will stick you up in the air and you'll land on your backside, but you pick yourself up and you you don't let it stop you trying it again. And, you know, from the guy five years ago, uh, the cup final disappointment. Obviously, he'll now be the guy who left fifty five, and that's you know. I just I, I think it's a brilliant story, but it's it's very emblematic to me of of Rangers.
0: Hoggie, I'd like to kind of just touch on another couple of players just as we we kind of wrap up uh, the review of the Livvy game, and two in particular, one who I know is is quite close to your heart for for national purposes, and that's John McLaughlin. Now I, I've been a big fan of John McLaughlin since he came in. Um, I think he's he's proven to be a very, very shrewd signing. Um, and what a, a fantastic um, reassurance that we have that not only do we have the best keeper in Scotland, but we also have the second best keeper in Scotland. Uh, I thought last night he was absolutely fantastic. I thought, and uh, I, I really want to hear more people talking about this because it's not easy what he did last night. The shot off the bar that, Liv, uh, that Davey was talking about earlier on from Livy uh, it kind of crashed. So it went straight up in the air. McLaughlin, you know, had to dive. He was up off the ground, and then straight up again to punch the ball away. These saves are not easy, but he makes it look easy. Um, and I think that when you when you consider what he could do within the Scotland national team, I, I'm just I'm bewildered as to why David Marshall seems to be getting ahead of him. But a great display last night. I've got a lot of time for John McLaughlin.
2: David Marshall will get in ahead of him because well one because of his antics in Serbia, uh, but he's he's played more games all season. He's uh, David Marshall has played thirty three games. John McLaughlin, however, came in as a free transfer, uh, a second choice goalkeeper. Um, but we all knew of his pedigree because he showed up well at Hearts and then he showed up well at Sunderland. However, let's put it into context. John McLaughlin has played 14 league games for Rangers and he's conceded three goals and got 12 clean sheets. John McLaughlin is not only the second best goalkeeper in Scotland, he's the second best Scottish goalkeeper. The first best doesn't want to go to the Euros. Um, John McLaughlin, for me, as perhaps the only guy in the pod who gives a toss about Scotland as a national side, John McLaughlin should be the national goalkeeper. Last night, you've got to remember, he's not played in a, you know, he's probably played once in a few weeks, yet he's beaten by the the, the the one that comes off the bar. Like you say, Cammy, he's up off the deck straight away. He's punching it away. He's getting battered back down by two guys bearing down on him. And that's a guy that's, you know, it's his 37th game of the season. The guy just wants to win. Um, and there's a the guy Like I say That's the second string goalie Behind Alan McGregor Who's one of the most Intense men On the whole planet On the football park John McLaughlin uh, Do you know what Alan McGregor And clearly None of us want this to happen You know McGregor say next summer Could retire McLaughlin could become The Rangers goalkeeper I think he's that good
0: Yeah I totally agree with that Totally agree with that I think it was a fantastic Piece of business as well And Hoggy Sticking with you Because I, I do want to talk About this young man Because I think He's had, a fin- he's had a fantastic season. We've probably seen a lot of development out of this particular player, um, but asking Joe Arievo to kind of fill in at the left-back berth last night, the manager spoke about it afterwards, saying, you know, good players can play uh, and you know really well in their position. Top players can play anywhere in the, in the pitch. Gerrard's a huge advocate of Joe Erivo. I thought he played really, really well last night, and he still allowed himself that opportunity to have that kind of creative flair that we've seen develop across the course of this season. Um, but we're a little bit threadbare. I think we can mention that we you know with injuries and suspensions and various other things that have happened over the last few weeks. Uh, you know, we've had to do a little bit of kind of to so certainly in the benches for sure. But bringing Joribo into left back, being able to try and get him in there, and still seeing the guy flourishing, um, I, I, he's had a tremendous season this season, I think, and I, I'm really excited about what we're going to see from him next year.
2: Cammy, it's only what ten months, nine and a half months that you and I were on. One of the pods. I can't remember what. It might have been the hamper talking about Joe Rebo and what a big season it was for him. And if he couldn't make this season as the his proper breakthrough season, his proper first team, pretty much regular, we could see him moving back down south. By God, he's taking it with two hands. He's played forty two games. He's scored eight goals. He's scored big goals. I think he's also proven to himself. And Davey, uh, interested in your your, your views on this. I actually think Joe Aribo this season has proven to himself that he's a proper football player because he comes up from Charlton. He's, you know, big fish, little pond, all the rest of it. He looked a little overawed to begin with. This season, by God, he'd bulked up and then he takes to the park. And uh, there's just a confidence that he exudes. There was a moment in the Celtic game where he turns two players and he could have been in the phone box and were away. And it's just that self-confidence in his own ability that I think Cami, he comes in last night at left back and he just wants to play the game and he still wants to get forward. But we've got Goldson or we've got Simpson, you know, tracking over one just to cover his space. He got pulled about a couple of times in the in the second half and that's to be expected, but it was only a couple of times. Joe Rabel was great last night and he's had a really, really top season for me. Davey don't know what you think just around that whole season from Joe
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, th- I think and there's a lesson to be learned here, Cameron, about, say, for example, Giannis Hadji, and that young players are not finished. That is not them. That's not how they're going to be forever. They get better. They improve. And you look at, right, okay, well, am I seeing things here that suggest that there's a player there? And Joe Aribo had shown us enough. Now, what that translates to quite often in, in Scotland is when they're not great um, every week, which young players seldom are, unfortunately. Um, you'll hear people say things like "off oh, ladders to deceive. And by that what they mean is they're not great in every game. We've got to be patient because as has been noted, we can't afford to buy the finished article. We can either get players when they're on the way up or players when they're on the way down. That's just the financial reality of Scotland. And if you look at Kent, and if you look at Aribo, and if you look at, and I think Hadji moving forward, even guys like Barisic took a while to get going. Cora Goldson, you can argue, has, has taken a couple of years to find their form. Now, the difference now is that that was a brand new team that was starting from scratch. So people are right saying, well, we can't afford to build a team every three, you know, and give them three years every time. No, but the idea is then that you're, you know, they get your projects are, are coming into a settled team. That wasn't the case when Stephen Gerard took over. He he was starting from a baseline of zero. Now you've got the opportunity, hopefully, because it's a successful team, to be able to bring through your projects into a team that's already winning thing, and they can get time to 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 kind of push on to the next level. That's been absolutely the case, I think, with, with Joe Aribo. Um Joe Aribo you get the impression he's such a nice guy. Yeah, I get, I get the impression sometimes if he was a bit of an arrogant guy, you know, um, it it, it might be, it might be because he's so good, and I'm not sure sometimes even he realizes it. But he's got tremendous ability with the ball at his feet. Like, I mean, really, how many times do you see him go into a challenge and you think he's lost it, and then the next thing he's galloping away with the ball. He's a great passer of the ball, as we know. I think there are more goals in him when he plays further forward. I think, you know. Year on year, we've seen that, and I think that you'll see him go in and be a regular twenty-goal, a twenty-goal a season midfielder. But to go in at left back on that surface, and they did target him in the first half. Okay, they didn't have a lot going forward because Rangers retained possession really well. That wasn't easy, but he, he didn't go in and look nervous. He didn't huff, you know, at being asked to fill in at left back. And some players would, you know, maybe not in this squad, which is one of the reasons I think we all love this team so much. But you've seen it before. He just went and went. Okay, I'll give it my best shot, and his best shot was was tremendous. I thought.
2: Just um, sorry, can we just to build on that, David? Joe Aribo. Um, it's a few weeks ago. Heart and Hand sponsored. Uh, do you know what? I can't even remember what who we were playing. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to the uh, the 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 man of the match chosen by us. Um, so myself and my sons. Chose Joe Aribo. You know, there was only one player. It was a game where he rockets it into the top corner. And a nicer, more down to earth, shy, embarrassed guy, you could never He's very ever,
1: quiet,
2: huh? Oh, hugely. You, uh, but my son started talking to him and he opened up. And all he and uh David Graham at one point said, Right, that's probably us just about to 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 wrap up. And Aribo went, actually just give us five more minutes. Because he was just enjoying talking to the boys. And that's just the, that's just the kind of guy, yes?
1: I think that, again, is one reason why we love this team so much. It's a tiny wee thing. And it's not done for effect. It's just he's a good guy. And he's talking to a kid who obviously adores him. Uh, and his sons. And he, <laughs> he he wants to take... Sorry. He wants to, to you know, to, to just give them how much does that mean to a wee boy to have that experience? You know what I mean? So um, it is, he's, he has a lovely, I remember the first time he came to a press conference uh, that I was at, and I was like, my God, he's really young. And I hadn't really, because you know, you see him on the field and he's a, he, he's a presence, you know, he's a big, big guy. But when you saw him just sitting there at the, the table, you thought he is still really young, but I think the ability that he's got is, is phenomenal. And you need to learn to be a footballer. And by that, you know this hockey, of course, you know, it, the craft of the game. You can have all the skill in the world and all the enthusiasm, but you need to learn about when to go, when not to go, positionally, to manage your body, you know, for a for a whole season. You, there's so much to it. Like any job, you get you learn by doing it. And that's what you're seeing with him.
0: I think the biggest compliment I can pay guys like Joe Aribo and to and and Yanis Hadji is that, see, when they don't play well, it stands out more. And and what I mean by that is, and you're right, David, it, it dovetails into criticism, it dovetails into people getting onto the backs stuff. And yes, I've been guilty of that myself. I think we all have at some point with a particular player or whatever. But I think that what will be interesting for these guys, and, and probably shining that a bit more towards Janice Hadji as well in terms of what will happen next season, will be how they are propelled as champions, how they then go on to that with that And you're right, there is a trade to learn within there, but there's also a confidence element that has to come Mm -hmm. in with that. Yaris Haji has performed well at times. I think he's been um, stifled somewhat with the rotation of what we do with probably our forward four or forward five, depending on who you want to involve within that mix. Um, But I think now we're going to give the guy the opportunity to be able to go on and really kind of shine. And personally, I'm excited about that because I think he's got the capability and that's what I'm saying. It's a bit of a... I, I kind of close compliment to be able to say actually when you don't play well, it does stand out more because yeah you know you we know what you're capable of yeah so, that,
1: that's a, he's a Yanis he's a type of guy who I can understand why people get frustrated because you know he can do it and then yeah. There will be games, though. I think one of the key reasons we've won the league this season is the likes of maybe guys who didn't fire all season, the way that Tavernier did, the way that Kent did, the way that McGregor did, the way that Stephen Davis, who, by the way, I thought last night was just, oh my god, he could play till he's like seventy because he's he's three yards ahead of everybody else in the park in his head. It's it's remarkable to watch. Uh, on top of which, he's still a great athlete, as he proved. You know, sprinting away there in the last few minutes, he's he's just such a great footballer. But I think with the you know the 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 younger guys that they do produce these these moments. And one of the reasons Rangers have won the league is last year, the year before, we didn't have Ruth and Hadji and these guys who maybe didn't play brilliantly every week of the season, but they all stepped in at some point. Even In has come in, you know, and and he hasn't had a lot of football, but Itton's come in and contributed at times, and it's just been that extra wee layer we always had a solid base, we knew that the first two seasons, Jenner built a solid base almost immediately, we knew that but then just having these wee guys who turned the draws into wins, and then turned the wins into, uh, the uh, sorry they turned the defeats into draws, and then the draws into wins that's been the difference these wee guys who could, and you know you we were too reliant on one of them before, which was Morelos. If Alfie didn't do it, nobody did it. And I think the rest of the team knew that. Whereas this, you've got five or six guys who've all weighed in with plenty of goals, plenty of assists. And that, I think, is the key difference. And it built that confidence. And of course, we won the league in March. Start of March.
0: Yeah, and I think I'll throw in some additional kudos in there uh, to the, the the coaching staff and the manager for standing by those players giving them you know that kind of that opportunity when it came and, and and just really just almost to a certain extent allowing them that opportunity to have failures and to have the the space and the safety to make mistakes uh, because baseball in the world if we were cutthroat and we were just saying right, if you're not here and you're not going to make it then you're out the door we wouldn't have Borna Barisic uh, we wouldn't have the opportunity to develop the guys like Ryan Kent has been able to, to come into this season as well because like you say, you know, you're right. There was certain games, there were certain kind of uh, runs of games, actually, where we saw players who were not playing so well within that, and we've we've, we've had to stand by them. And I think that's a, a a huge testament to the to the manager and his team, um, David. I'll stick with you at the moment. Just before um, we, we, we come on to Saturday, and that's one thing that actually happened after the Livingston game. Uh, as many people will have seen on social media, uh, there was a brilliant welcome back uh, for the team back to Glasgow uh, with uh, some some uh, fireworks displays. Uh, going off uh, just on the side of the motorway um, and some huge uh, tribute flags that were put out for the team to be able to try and drive by. Uh, some of the players captured it and put it onto their social medias. Um, David, one of the things that I think I wanted to kind of just capture, just as we're talking about, uh, the build-up to Saturday, is between the three of us in this conversation, we've had a lot of exposure in terms of fan engagement, fan activism. Um I want to talk a little bit around the relationship at the moment between the fans and the and the team, which despite obvious restrictions that have happened across the course of this season, I struggle to think about a more unified approach that we have towards this relentless attitude of ours to become champions, uh, between the, the the players and between the fans who have not been able to get and see them, who have not been able to to have that same level of interaction with them as they normally would. But it just feels so conjoined at the moment that we are all on the same page. There is no ill will, there's no clouds, there's nothing like that that we've had for so many years. Um seen that display last night, and we've seen it before, we saw, actually saw it away at Livingston with the firework display that went off in the 55 minute uh, 55th minute the last time we played through in West Lothian it's just if you could bottle it and sell it, you'd be a millionaire
1: You can't order that, you can't say this is something that we are going to do you can't Make you it can't up. Man, you, you can't it. You know. No matter how much money you spend, incidentally, because it it it's something that has to grow. It's something that's organic, and you can have a team, by the way, that's successful that you like and that you appreciate that you love. But there is a bond between this this group of players. I think it's because we've suffered together and we've come through it and we've emerged, you know, and in, into the light from a period of darkness. And I think that does bond you to people. It hasn't all been flowers and. In those uh and I think that uh, I'll go back to, for instance, the 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 team that Advocat put together, um, which was a phenomenal side, and it was loved by the Rangers fans. But I don't think there was this connection to it that there is with this this current team. And I think it's because you know, not all of them cost a lot of money, and, and they are mortals. You know, they have had bad games, they've had bad periods, and uh, you know, they, we all remember the end of last season. And there's been times where we've been frustrated with them, and I'm sure. I'm sure there's been times they've been frustrated with us, but when you come through all that together, and and we just keep supporting them, we keep turning up, we keep putting money into the club, buying the merch, and they keep persevering. They don't give up, and they get there. I think that that does give you something. And you know, the vast majority of those players were there that League Cup final defeat, which was a low, low, low point. And I think that you know the fact that. They went through that, we went through that, but we all came out the other side and we're all about to get this reward that you know the players have earned, but they've earned it with the backing of the supporters and just this, this fervent belief. And yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And and like I say, you can't you can't do it. Even if you spend a lot of money and you build a really successful side It doesn't guarantee this. It's not something that you can just conjure up. It it just develops. and, And you see it the way that people talk about... Somebody actually said to me at one point, he said... You, you often use the player's nickname, name, but you never do for Alfie. You always call him Alfie. And I'm like, I just love his wee face. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's true. It's, it's, it's the bond that people have for Alfie because he plays football the way I think we all would uh, if we were out there being professional footballers. And there's a, a love of the You know, Ryan Ken. You, you can see, you can do things none of us could even dream of being able to do, but he, he, he plays football with a smile on his face. The fullbacks are the same. They do that. Alan McGregor's just a hero. Stevie Davis is like everybody's dad. It's, they're a team that you can imagine. And I think in future, when we look back on this season, this will be a very, very popular team. Hoggy and I are old enough to remember eighty six, eighty seven. 87 Hoggy. And that team, you know, it, it did win the league in the League Cup, but it, it didn't win anything the next year. And by the next time we'd won the title, it was quite a changed team because soon this was... You know, I used to change players every three months, didn't he? <laughs> Mark Falco and Mel Sterling can attest. Um, but there's a lot of fondness for that 86-87 team because you look back and you just remember it, you know, in, in, in its pomp. And I think in the future, when time has passed and we just look back on this season, I think people will remember this team incredibly fondly. I David, just on that, you know,
2: 86-87, you and I disagree probably once a week. When I tell you that Cammy Fraser was excellent that season, and you burst out laughing and go, "What Cammy yeah. Fraser?"
1: Yeah. Um,
2: but you know, here's Cammy Fraser, who who was Cammy Fraser. Let's face it, belting the post against Celtic in the League Cup final, all the all the rest of it. It's just those little moments that you remember. And this team, this team, this season, we've talked about it already. James Tavernier signed when he was 23 years old in 2015. And he's what is he now? 29. He's a captain of Rangers. He's been through the worst of the worst times. He's been through the tankings. David, I'll go back to February 2017. I'm not entirely sure I was ever going to forgive James Telvin Year for not being able to defend the back post at Tynecastle. And here he is about to ram those words down my throat. So this, this lot are extra special. Holger,
0: oh, yeah, I want to just keep you in this at the moment as well because one thing I do want to mention again for just before we come on to Saturday because we, we are sharing a lot of credit here and uh, a big portion of that credit equally has to go to um a board which again within my lifetime I am not sure there is a greater level of synergy between the board the team and uh, and the and the fans as well I think that when you look at um the kind of key appointments that have kind of come in across the course of the last couple of years, the the emphasis for change being able to come in that, you know, there's a very strong argument that Dave King should be there on, on, on flag day uh, next season. Um, But when you look at Douglas Park, when you look at John Bennett, when John Bennett came out and said, you know, two numbers that matter, 150 and 55, James Bisgrove coming in as part of the commercial team, continuing to move us on to different levels. You, You see the, the, Omerta that Ross Wilson has regarding the transfer policy and who he's looking to be able to bring in, the recruitment doesn't stop and the ethos that he instils within Gerard and his team are constantly wanting to be able to try and improve I think that now more than ever the club feels at almost every single level um, a, a, a desire to, to not only win things, to be champions but when that trophy is lifted on Saturday afternoon there can be a huge number of people involved behind the scenes at Rangers who can take a huge amount of credit for all their hard work that they've done this season. And I legitimately don't know of any period of me being a fan where I, I, I've known a, a, the, the club to be so unified in terms of everyone at every level pulling together.
2: Oh, it, it's, it's genuinely summer 1986 stuff, uh, Cammy genuinely, and of course back then I was only 10 years old and uh, my dad was sceptical, sceptical of you know, I know Sunis is our world class midfielder but can he cut it as Rangers manager, but there was David Holmes there and Holmes was be- behind the scenes pulling everyone together, everyone in the same direction and that's what we've got here the, we've had a we've had years of turmoil even after the uh, even after Dave King and the three bears took over um years of turmoil because we had so much to fix we've had millions plowed in um we've had effectively fans of rangers uh financing the club for shares which is fantastic it's not really a sustainable business model but it's, it's been a short-term business model and they've done it um much to the ire of Fans elsewhere, which is also nice to see. He uh, hasten not had, um. But these guys have done it because they've done it for Rangers. They want to do it for Rangers. So, you know, Dave King, three beers aside, because they 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 absolutely deserve the time and place. But this is about this season. You're talking Douglas Park, John Boehner, Alice Johnson, Graham Park, Barry Scott, uh, Julian Warhart, and and James Blair. Um, you've got Stuart Robertson, who came under and has come under. Loads of criticism over the years, and I think actually Stuart Robertson's really grown into the role this oh, season. Careful,
1: careful now, um, you, you'll be getting other people saying I use it, sold soda and you, you just like everybody because
2: uh, not a chance, yeah. not a chance. But yeah, <laughs> yeah genuinely, David, you know, credit where credit, But we, we, We've we've lambasted them previously, but I think he, he's he's done well this season. Ross Wilson, I think, underpins the team. And underpins the management team. Um, James Bisgrove, you talked about Andrew Dixon, James Blair, you know, and then what you've got the coaching staff, Kami who I think are a proper team in their own right. Mm-hmm. Gerard McAllister, Bill Culshaw, Stuart, Melso, you know, the, those guys are a proper coaching and management team. And then you've got the other guys in the background. You know your 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 guys in the second team, yeah, you know, Craig, Tom, uh, Kevin Thompson, sorry, and Mahollins and so on, and so on. But special mention because I th- this guy's been here and done it since Christ Christunus all the way through. How proud is Jimmy Bell going to be at the weekend?
0: <laughs> yes, Jimmy Bell. Um, I, I think, like you say, he's going to be the guy who I'm really looking forward to seeing with that trophy as well. Right, let's talk about it then, um, David. I'll, I'll throw you right on the spot as well. Give me your impression in terms of where this title ranks out of all of them. In your opinion, where do you think that the importance of this currently sits at?
1: I can only really talk about my lifetime, and I know that speaking to to older bears who were about for um, you know the, the the one that ended Celtic's nine in a row under under Steen. We'll we'll see how important that was, and there are clearly other ones in our history that were important. So I can only really talk about my life, um, and the first one that I, the first time I saw Angels, I was alive for for uh, the second of Jock Wallace's Trebles, but um, was a baby. But uh, the the first one was eighty six, eighty seven, and for me, that's always been the most important one. Uh, not necessarily your favourite, but not necessarily the you know, the most exciting, which will always be 2005. But I think uh, that to me, because, you know, I'd grown up, Ian would be the same and Rangers were pish, you know? I mean, we were the 5th best team in Scotland. That's not an exaggeration. We were. uh, And you wondered, how the hell are we ever going to get back out there? We just didn't even seem capable of having a challenge for the league. It was always over by about October. So that that was huge. And, of course, it kick-started you know, the soonest Revolution and then propelled us onto that era of success but this one there's never been a period in our history like this, literally there hasn't you know, obviously going down to the third division having to make our way back up but then when we got back up uh, any any feelings of well it's all going to be alright now, we're quickly out the window Celtic had a massive financial advantage over it, a massive financial advantage over this, huge and should have and we're in the position to put the, the foot on our throat and you know really ramp up that financial gap, and I just need to go back to when we first started our our uh, Patreon site, in December two thousand seventeen. One of the first stories we covered was was Derek McInnes knocking back the Rangers job, and that's where we were at that point, miles and miles and miles away from from where we needed to be, and we bring you know we bring in. Stephen Gerrard and and everything ends up being and it was never going to be quick and it was never going to be easy but we knew that if we just kept you know our faith and we kept we kept believing in the fact that the people at the top of the club would be able to turn it around and and Ian's right you know you can criticize um you know people at Rangers for certain things and and I do and I have and and I will continue to do it again um but I really believe that this Rangers board when people do say, oh, you're a bit soft on them. One of the reasons why I'm maybe pro them is that I believe that they have the best, uh, the best interests of Rangers at heart. Doesn't mean you don't get things wrong, but I I just, I don't think that there's any ulterior motive in having grown up near I did, than there always was. Um, So for me that there's that, but we certainly, and you'll remember the shows we did round about them. we certainly questioned their competence after you know the McKinnon's debacle, et cetera. But like everything at the club, it's been turned around. And and maybe we didn't appreciate quite how big a job it was because it would it was tough. We needed to just keep focused on on where we were going to get through it. It would have been too painful otherwise if you realised how far behind we were and what challenges we had to overcome. We might not have been able to do it because we might have just gone, Jesus, this is too much. You know, this is this is superhuman. And you're hearing a lot of nonsense at the moment about, aye, well, uh, your budget is the second biggest in the league. So therefore, uh, aye, second biggest. Celtic's budget should have blown us out of the water, especially the budget difference when Gerard took over. And, you know, by getting to Europe, by the likes of Douglas Park and, and John Bennett and all the other investors then Rangers have been able to just claw it back and claw it back. Yeah, they made mistakes, but this season in particular, they made mistakes because we made them make mistakes. They made mistakes because Rangers never let up, and they realised that, that oh, this is different. We can't rely on them cocking up and giving us it. And when they did that, their, their arses fell out of them, and... You know, they they just couldn't cope with it and Rangers just steamroller steamrollered everybody and kept going and kept going and kept going right up until where we stand here tonight. So it it's enormous. I think of people like, you know, Ian's Ian's children and my nephew, they've never seen Rangers win a title. And I think about all the people who we didn't uh you know, we we, we didn't get to the end of the journey with people who unfortunately we've lost along the way. And I just think that no matter if they're looking down on us or if they are, it's their first title or the 20th title, this has got a special place for all of us. It's got a special import. It's got a level of triumph. I've never felt the way I did after a league title, and I've seen plenty of them. I never felt the way I did on that Sunday or even after the St Mirren game. I've never felt like that before. I, I can't remember really having this much excitement ever about ticking down to a title day that wasn't, you know, a last day decider. Uh and I think that in the future we'll we'll probably on our site even have debates about where it ranks and what it is and, and we'll we'll all bring stats and we'll bring logic and we'll bring good arguments and it'll be fun, it'll be interesting. But I'm a great believer in your feelings are always a really good a really good guide. And I don't think this feels like anything else even in the storied history of our great club, even across 150 years, I don't feel that there's anything quite like this. Um, for me, the Cup Winners' Cup will always be our greatest achievement, but this, from where we were to how we got there and how we did it as well, is almost uh, almost unrivaled. Coggy, you know, as David mentions
0: are. You know, we can't we can't not talk about it. Very soon we're going to stop talking about it. But the journey, the idea of it being us, and how we had to go through that that hell together, and you know, for to go all Al Pacino, and you know, you clot back inch by inch, and all that kind of thing. We had to go through all of that pain and misery and suffering. Those learning curves that I think that was spoken about, whether you're a player or you sit in the boardroom, it doesn't really make a difference. Everyone had to to learn and adapt and become flexible. The the odds were insurmountable because this was going to be Celtic's marquee season. As David mentions, the, 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 the budget differences are completely ridiculous. I mean, you, you, we we've beaten Celtic with a midfield that costs the same as they were paying Chain Duffy in a week. That's that's what you should be up against. So of day when you look at, you know, the balance sheets and all the rest of it, this this is it's a miracle. It's it shouldn't have happened. It's that simple. And just through everybody coming together whether you're the guy on the street, whether or not you're on the pitch, it doesn't make a difference. Everybody has been able to come together to be able to try and enjoy this. Now, we've all seen, you know, Leagues 1 at a canter. We've seen our nine-in-a-row period. We've seen, you know, Helicopter Sunday. We've seen everything else to do with that. We've seen, let's go to Kilmarnock and let's, you know, get the game put to bed early. And by Christ, we had it done within, like, you know, seven or eight minutes. This one's been a slow burner because we, we did win it two months ago. We've had to build up to this point as well. There isn't a single Rangers fan, I don't think, who isn't counting down those hours, who isn't getting gradually more excited as it comes because we've went through all that together. Even your sons who haven't seen it yet, but they are going to experience it for the first time. They are getting it because they understand as to how much this kind of means to us. And I think Davey's totally right. I think you look at it with a degree of sentimentality and you can always have those blue tinted specs on or whatever. But when you look at the, the calculus When you look at just the very simple Odds that should this should have happened In this way we, We've done something incredible this season
2: Not just this season Cami. nine years ago We were left dead in a ditch Um We crawled out of it And first game back We're playing with Christ, a cobbled together side At a stadium with Hedge Um and we all kidded ourselves on let's you know let's not beat about the bush we all carried ourselves on that this would be fun and it was probably fun for about a month and then it was shite um but none of us gave up um and we had frauds and we had liars and we had rapists and we had chancers in the boardroom who were trying to kill us and they were trying to strip us of every single morsel that that they could and therefore, when we get back to the top league, I think we all—and I did this—I I absolutely did this carry myself on that um, it would take a season and we'd win the league because of Rangers, and that's what we do. Um, <clears throat> it was never going to be like that. Um, not when we were not when we had a Plan A and Plan B was do Plan A better, and we were signing Philip Senderos. So that's what we were up against. And then we signed Gerard, and we've had a couple of seasons of good, peppered with mistakes and bad, and a little inconsistency. And it's only guys, what, 14 months ago that the pandemic struck. And just before that, we all feared that Gerard was, was done because he'd lost to hearts and he was very, very hard on his sleeve after that cup game and we lost to Hamilton, and we all thought it it could be over. And then, like I say, the pandemic struck, and they worked their tail off. And and you'll both remember the photos of pre-season when Nikola Katic and Joe Aribo arrived, and you think, what the fuck have they been eating over the summer? Um, and it's quite clear that they had trained, and they, they had toned their physique, And they had been coached. And we saw that from really, really early doors. And Cammy, you'll remember the post-match against Kilmarnock. We drew against Livingston. 0-0. And the post-match against Kilmarnock, we won 2-0. And in hindsight, it was easy. It was fairly easy. But you and I were shitting bricks throughout the game because of that scar tissue. We're fearing at 1-0 any time Kilmarnock got the park. And ever since then... It's just been consistency. Consistency in the league. The Europa League's been tremendous. The Cups have been really heavily disappointing. Of course they have, but, you know, everything in context. Um, This season has been utterly terrific. And, you know, you look at that consistency and you look at the game just the other week there against Celtic and the way that for the past few years you guys have been bored with me talking about Rangers giving teams the respect of Real Madrid when they don't deserve it. And we gave Celtic zero respect and wiped the floor with them. We go out in our thirty-eighth game. I want us to wipe the floor with Aberdeen, and then we'll enjoy lifting that trophy. And David, to, to go back to to you know, to what you were talking about, for me, Cammy, this is the best, hands down. Given the story, given the given the backstory, given the context. It is going to be the best.
0: Yep, I, I can agree more. I think when you look at everything within that, the kind of the shape of what we've just spoken about there, the all the different parameters and variables and everything else that kind of goes into it, this equation doesn't match, but it does because we've worked our asses off to be able to get there. And I think that that's that's a true testament to being able to try and see worthy champions as we have wanted it, and we've wanted it more than anyone else in the country and we've we've absolutely blown away every single opponent's been put in front of us um, Very quickly for a wrap up, boys, not that you care but what do you think the, the score predictions will be against Aberdeen? I'll uh, I'll come to you first, Hallie. Uh
1: I'm going to go
0: 4-0 Rangers 4-0 Rangers, David?
1: Uh, I think Rangers
0: have went 3-1 3-1, okay, fair enough, we'll go for that that's Always seems to do well for us in the last uh, last day of the season against Labeldeen. Um Listen, folks, uh, that's all of us uh, from, uh, from Extra for this week. David, will be back with you on Monday uh, with the flagship. And uh, if you've got uh, a big, big ranger-shaped hole in your life, which is going to be coming up pretty soon, why not jump over to our Patreon site where you can get up to five shows a day Uh, about the world's most successful football club and uh, if you want to head on over to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand uh, you'll be able to check all of that out and we've got thousands and thousands of pods there with literally tons and tons and tons of hours of material there that you can go back and listen to through our archive it's absolutely phenomenal Uh, thank you to our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers Um, folks all I can say to you is it's your championship you're going to see history in the making Um, on Saturday afternoon. Go and enjoy it. As David said, remember the people who didn't quite make it to the journey with us, but we've earned it. Enjoy yourselves. Make sure you practice your social distancing and restrictions and all the rest of it, but do it within your community, but do it and do it for the rest of the summer because we have got lots and lots to dine out on. We've walked so hard. We've worked to, to such a great degree that we absolutely uh, on everything that's going to be coming our way on Saturday afternoon, just make sure that you go and enjoy it. Thank you to my two guests, Ian Hogg.
2: A pleasure, mate.
0: And David Edgar. Thank you, guys. Enjoy it, folks, and we'll speak to you again next week. Thanks now.
1: Podcast Network.